What is going on? I want to welcome you from F4 for today, Wednesday, October 26th. I am your host, Sean Murphy, alongside my guy, Troy, Sergey Troy, good to see you, my friend. It was really fun hanging out and uh, being in person, watching uh, opening night for Pistons Magic with you last week, man. That was an awesome experience. How are you, how are you feeling off of that high? Yeah, that was a lot of fun uh, Wednesday night, Sean. Obviously, it's great seeing you again. And so many Pistons fans. Uh, I think, what was it, 90 Eight, 99% of LCA uh, was sold out. So that mm-hmm. was great to see. And it was a loud crowd too. It was an exciting crowd. It was a crowd that uh, was excited to see the Pistons play again. Uh, it's been, what, four or five months now. Um, and uh, we're just really excited as Pistons fans, I think, to see what's going on in Detroit. And I think the city wanted to see what this team is capable of doing. And uh, right off the gates, trail a little bit in the beginning. But we got to see great work from Ivy, great work from Cade, really Sadiq as well. I mean, and then Isaiah Stewart hit that shot at the end. And then Mr. 44 Bojan uh, had a great game as well. So it was a lot of uh, a lot of fun stuff. But uh, it was just so good being in the arena, so good being uh, around other Pistons fans. Well, and, the cool uh, was thing was all the people that came up to us and were like, yeah, saying that they're big fans of the pod. Big fans yeah, shout out, out to all those that. people. And shout then Paulo, Paulo too, was great to see in person. So Oh, Paulo was legit. Yeah, we got to see a pretty historic uh you know debut we'll talk about that in a minute but more importantly speaking of historic we are breaking ground here man our first three-time guest our our longest running guest my guy it's got to be cone man one of my favorite guys on the internet one of my favorite people in general dude so good to see you cone from enjoy basketball doing streams on bleacher report my guy is killing it over here man dude appreciate it man appreciate y'all having me on again it's always a good time to be on here on the pod excited to talk some hoops as always because i'd never stop talking about it like you said bleacher report here enjoy basketball youtube um if you can't tell i like basketball a little bit so you know it's (laughs) it's good to be back um that's awesome that y'all got to go see the pistons uh that debut i'm sure it was great to see palo and everything yeah um i was just telling y'all before the pod that um for those of you that don't know i'm up in new york right now and so um i want to go see the thunder when they come here ticket prices are ridiculous and i'm going to probably see them against the knicks which isn't as fun as seeing palo bancaro make his <laughs> debut but you know and you know it would be really fun to see chet holmgren play but i'm not allowed to have anything nice so he's not going to play this year and uh, josh giddy and shea are already dealing with injuries man uh life's not going great in terms of thunderness yeah if, that, if that's a word i can use i guess that i made up on the spot yeah, I mean, Cone, you know me, and uh, Troy, you can attest to this. I have been the biggest Chet Holmgren fan for the longest time. And so, uh, you know, you and I were messaging quite a bit throughout the draft process. And when the Thunder ended up with Chet, I told you, I was like, this is going to be one of my league pass teams this year for sure, because I'm super excited to see what Chet does with Josh Giddy, SGA, and that lineup you guys had going down there. And then, of course... You know, there's this super fluke injury during the pro-am that, you know, which, by the way, everyone going, oh, see, he's going to have health issues. Like, do people understand how fluky of an injury this was? Like 30 seconds into a pro-am game that was eventually canceled due to how wet the floor was. And the type of injury that Chet got really only happens in football. Mm hmm. It actually like, just happened. I'm I'm also a Cowboys fan. It just happened to one of our corners. He got a inter- interception off Jared Goff, actually. Um, oh yeah, enough, uh, bringing in some football for y'all. Um, but yeah, yeah he got you an guys interception. kicked our asses this weekend. It was great. It was nice. It was good to see before we got blown up by the Timberwolves later. Um, <laughs> but 
Yeah, it's, you know, man, it's, what can you really do? Uh, Jamal Crawford had guys out there playing on a slip and slide. It's, it's, it happens. The fact that it happened in Seattle too makes it feel even more cursed than it already yep. did. Um, you know, man, it's all right. He'll be back next year and him and Victor will be really fun to watch competing for rookie of the year against each other, both on the thunder. So it'll be cool. Oh yeah. Ooh. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, exactly. The thunder. It'll be a good time. Now, yeah. The thunder are just now going to have the, the two headed dragon, the three headed dragon with, with Poku, Chet, and Victor Wembanyama, of course. Man, that, that'd be a good time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Josh Giddy and SGA. That's a, that's a pretty great lineup. Uh, but <laughs> holy, <laughs> the height would be insane. But Tone, mm-hmm. Troy, there is a lot of NBA basketball we have to dive into because this was the last, this last week was opening week of the NBA calendar. And this is from half court where we talk things all NBA basketball, but also Detroit Pistons. If you like that, be sure you like this. Subscribe to the channel, share this podcast with your friends, leave us a positive rating, and join in the conversation down below. We will also be having a Discord server starting up pretty soon, another place where you can go interact and hang out with the community. So be sure you're tuning in to that. But also be sure you're following myself on Twitter at Sean Half Court, my guy Troy at Troy Sergey44, and my guy Cone at three underscore is it at is it at three underscore cone or is it just it, no it's, it, there, there's the underscore there you're completely right as much as i hate it it's still there um the person who has three cone when i first made the account back in like 2016 before i didn't use it for three years after i made it um uh, I, I still don't think they've tweeted in about three years so dude it's, dude it's, i have the exact same thing there's someone that has at from half court on twitter and it's some <laughs> bot account that like it, it literally says the name dribble drabble and it says that it hasn't tweeted it's just it has two followers it doesn't exist and so i can't dribble drabble <laughs> yeah oh, there, so, there they are you follow uh-huh. them you're one of the two followers yeah i want to know when this mother goes down cone i want to know when this could be mine cone I should do that with the person that has the person that has the three cone at has two following one follower and they haven't they retweeted something in 2020 and that's like their only tweet since 2016. Sean, if you can, can you share the screen with our audience and they can see that dribble drabble bio? No, I'm not gonna promote their I'm not gonna promote the person who has our handle. Screw that, Troy. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, but uh Cole, before we did get into basketball, I do I do really quickly want to like touch on like, you know, like you said, you know, I, I know you touched a little bit on some of the content stuff you do. I know, uh, you know, by the time, you know, this podcast will come out, you will have done a stream with Bleacher Report that I believe people can go check out on the Bleacher Report app or on the Bleacher Report website. If you go to yeah. Cone's Twitter, there should be something about it there. I'm sure you can go back and rewatch it then. But uh, Cone, if, for those that might not know, like tell us a little bit more about like, you know, like the your YouTube channel and also like work you're doing with enjoy basketball because seriously man i love what you guys are doing there you guys are just killing it yeah man um so me personally you know i have my twitter account um i started using like 2019 when i was bored at work one day with my brother um who also has a twitter account at ninja bands he's a sixers fan he's got to come on the pod at some point too we were talking about making that happen that'd be a lot of fun yeah, him and I have been trying to bring back our podcast for a little bit, but his laptop's been broken for like three months and he can't figure out what's wrong. So <laughs> we're trying to figure that out right now. Um, but yeah, so I do that stuff over there on Twitter. I started a YouTube account in December of 2020, I think it was. Um, and, you know, it's grown pretty well. I'm at uh, 
I'm getting close to 16,000 subscribers. The goal is to hit 20K by the end of the year. Videos have been doing really well. So hopefully that goal is attainable. And then, yeah, like you said, doing stuff with Enjoy Basketball, which is a uh, basketball kind of like brand, a movement associated with Kenny Beecham. Um, so I run the social medias for that over there, do Twitter spaces. I've started to make some content for them too, to post on TikTok and Instagram, which has been fun. Um, do some other live streams and stuff with them too. Uh, also an in-person event in New York city coming up this Friday, which is going to be really Ooh. dope. I'm going to get to meet Kenny for the first time, which is cool. Um, so, uh, the rest of the enjoy basketball team will be there as well. Some like exclusive merch. It's going to be really fun. I'm super excited for that. And then, like you said, Bleach Report streams through the Bleach Report app. I've been doing them a couple of times. Um, they just kind of randomly reached out to me one day um, during the uh, – I was following the draft, and they were like, hey, do you want to talk about Chet Holmgren's la- or first preseason game on the Bleach Report app? I was like, yeah, absolutely sure. And we did a couple here and there. They hit me up for Donovan Mitchell. Um, when he got traded to Cleveland, they were like, hey, the day of, they're like, hey, do you want to do this stream? I'm like, sure. And so we've been working a lot together. It's been really fun to do that. Um, tomorrow, hopping on with one of my good friends, Muhammad, um, who works over at House of Highlights. Him and a couple of his friends do a podcast over there. So we're going to be doing a stream tomorrow talking about, uh, which I'm, I know you sent me a couple topics. I know we're going to hit on the Lakers. Um, <laughs> so we're going to be talking about how in the world that team can fix themselves. Uh, so it's been really fun. It's been a really cool past few months. Um, this whole like journey I've been on since, like I said, I made that Twitter account in a shed at a parking lot that I worked at during the summer um, has been really, really fun. It's It's been very surreal. doesn't really feel like any of it has happened, um, but it's been a great time. I get to meet cool people like y'all over here on the pod. So Appreciate it's, that, man. yeah, it's been great. Yeah, dude. It's awesome. You know, it's, uh, it's one of those things where, you know, like, you know, for me personally, like, you know, this, you know, my podcast started, just started in a basement, you know what I mean? It just started as like a simple idea as like a hobby, you know, just to see, you know, where it's at now, just how much, you know, you've grown over the past, you know, over the past year or so, you know, how much, you know, like, like we have grown, you know, like, uh, I remember the, uh, so the first time we had you on cone was on, uh, uh, was on uh new year's day. And it's pretty crazy because at that time, our channel had a whopping 110 subscribers. And now, mm-hmm. you know, your third time being here, you know, we're hovering around 23, 2400. So we're pretty, uh, We've made quite a bit wow. of progress this year and uh yeah man uh just uh you know same thing as you just a grassroots thing and just all about the love of basketball here man so i'm super proud of you super grateful for you know you being you know coming on here even when i was just some random guy with 100 subscribers and you know look at us man who would have thought <laughs> yeah ex- exactly bro it's been it's been a big come up it's been a huge year um mm-hmm. yeah i think I started like I, I'm pretty sure I checked a year ago, um, or just like like a little bit less than a year, or a little more than a year ago at this point. I had about five thousand subscribers, and now oh, I'm wow. about to hit six. I'm now about to hit sixteen thousand, which is crazy. It's been a, it's been a huge come up of a year, man. And yeah, it's been great to see y'all grow and everything. I know we talk every now and again, Sean. It's just cool to keep yeah. up with y'all. Y'all are doing some really great stuff over here. I know we've talked multiple times. When that Pistons Thunder Finals eventually happens, we'll have to get together for it. It's going to be a great time. I'm sorry y'all got swept. It will happen. You know, it will happen. We, we have... We, we had some fun in the process, even though, you know, you got swept. We celebrated on your home court because we had home court advantage because oh, yeah. we broke the win record 75 and seven. Uh, it was overall a pretty <laughs> good time in general. So. <laughs> it was fun. 
You're, you're already forecasting it out. I like it, Code. The, oh, yeah. 70- no, I, I've I've fully seen the plan. It's like we talked about Poku, Chet, Wemby. Yeah. Um, you know, well, Shea, what about, Giddy. I mean, you didn't see the plans where it's Wemby, Ivy, and Cade with Jalen oh. Duran. I mean, well, that... Well, I mean, I can't see something that's not going to happen, so I don't understand. Oh, but, uh, yeah, I don't see what we're going for here, Sean. I'm not what I'm not quite sure what you're going at. I yeah, mean, if you want sure. if you want to go play 2K, just like load up the PlayStation or something, man. Yeah, it's, yeah, there you go. Yeah, this yeah, yeah this is a fantasy. You're, you're totally right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No. Come on, man. <laughs> I mean, Cole, you, you you spoke on it though, and and I mean, we keep bringing up the name Victor Women, yeah, and it's crazy that at this point in the season, you know, or at this point in, in October, there's already a prospect that's looming over this league right mm-hmm. like there, there's always you know like there, you always have like a general feeling of who's going to be like the top prospect each year like zion felt like he was going to be one of the top guys in his class rj barrett as well felt like he was going to be one of the top guys in that class Cade mm-hmm. was kind of seen as the number one guy going into his year as well with jalen green you know but victor Wimbanyama is perhaps the most consensus we've seen in a pick maybe ever um, mm-hmm. and that's even with Scoot Henderson there, who's also such a, such a yeah, solid he's prospect. crazy. And I think the crazy thing, I mean, we've seen Adam Silver talk about, you know, all of the different things that they're looking at as far as ways to discourage tanking going forward. And I know, uh, one thing that was brought up was relegation. I don't think that's ever going to happen because you'd have no. to get, you'd have to get the majority of voter uh, of owners to agree on that plan. And, I don't know any owner that would say, yeah, I want to go to the G League. Sign me up, you know? Uh, Mm -hmm. But, like, what do you think? Because I I know, obviously, and I thought you made a really good video touching on this, by the way. Like, you know, talked about what the Thunder's plan is, what they're Mm -hmm. doing going into this season, you know, how they're not just tanking for Wembenyama, how they're actually playing for something, and that they could still ultimately end up in that race because that's how the NBA lottery works. But, you know, with where they're at, it's not like they're necessarily going out there just trying right now to go out and tank for Wemby, right? Mm-hmm. But what do you think, you know, just, you know, because I personally, I, I know you and I, like, as much as we're fans of, of the teams that we root for, we're also just as big of fans of the league itself, right? Yeah. And, you know, as much as I love to see, see my team succeed, I also love to see big moves happen. I love to see trades. I love to see the, the way the league is going. Mm-hmm. What do you think? If let's say teams like the Bulls don't get off to a good start, teams like the Hornets have it have as disastrous of a year as we think they could, right? Like what happens with like some of these teams who have aspirations right now start losing games? Do you think we're gonna start seeing a tankathon like we've never seen before? Because I know last year, like even though like you know, towards the end of the season. I know the Thunder, I know I know they get flack, but they are pretty creative sometimes with bringing in guys from their G League roster, right? Like mm-hmm. like specifically I know I know the Thunder started bringing in second unit guys from, you know, from their G League. They weren't the only team to do that, by the way. A ton of teams yeah. in the league did that as well. But I'm I'm thinking we could perhaps see that earlier than ever this year. What are your thoughts? I mean, I think you're right. Uh, when you have Adam, Adam Silver came out and basically was like, guys, please don't do it. He was like out here begging teams not to tank. That's how good Victor is. And I mean, we've seen what Victor can do. Like it's, it is no surprise that every team wants to have him on their roster. Like he is a genuine, like transformational player. He's not just like generational. He's one of those guys that can change the game of basketball itself. Being a seven footer that plays like that. 
it just or not even seven footer he's seven four like seven five with shoes on man it's crazy exactly he puts a couple pairs of socks on he's almost one of the tallest player in league history it's it's ridiculous man what he's able to do at that height with that build he can genuinely change the game and really with basketball what makes it so tough is more than basically any other sport basketball one player can completely transform a franchise forever because you know, in like football and or baseball, or I don't watch hockey much, but I'm going to guess hockey too. You don't see as much of a transformation if you get this one generational guy. They can completely change your franchise, especially like if in football you get a great quarterback, but you've also got to play defense. And if you got a guy like Victor, who looks like he could be an MVP and a defensive player of the year, he looks right. like he, he can shoot threes, he can attack the basket it's hard to deter teams from tanking because I see that guy. I want to find a way to help the Thunder lose games. Like it's incredible what he's capable of doing out there. You want to see him on your favorite team. And also with the lottery, because it is just so like odds based, it's not even like, you know, say one team goes out and loses like 16 in a row and they're like one in 16 to start the season. Other teams are probably like, oh, we're not going to lose that many games. We won't catch them. We don't need to tank as hard. But because of the lottery system with the odds and everything, it's all just luck. Like you could be, you could go zero and eighty two, and you could still end up with the fifth overall pick. Right. So yeah. it's it's just tough with tanking. And I think because there is such a big chance at the end of the year, I wouldn't be surprised if we even see like teams that are on the borderline of the play-in that are like, we don't have a real chance even if we make it. Let's just kind of give up. Let's just kind of like go all in. Like maybe a team's like one or two games out of the play-in with like seven games to go. They're like. Let's just sit some guys. Let's just be in the lottery. You know, maybe we'll be like the ninth of the 10th team, but that gives us a chance to maybe win him. And, you know, if you're a team like, uh, like, I don't know, like say you're like the New Orleans Pelicans and like, like you could, you could end up with Victor through the Lakers pick if they continue to play poorly or like any number of teams, him on the Thunder, him on the Pistons would be amazing with Cade and Jaden. I'm sure you all thought about that a lot. Um, what? No, no, no. Not my thought, my mind, thought has never even entered my <laughs> innocent mind. That's Not true. even a little bit. We'd be a mother flipping dynasty. Anyway, y'all, go ahead. <laughs> y'all, y'all have y'all have Bojan. You can't lose that many games. It, it won't happen anyways. Yeah, um, exactly. And Bojan, we trust. Pistons legend. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I think to that that point, Cone, you know, there are so many teams, too, that maybe they want to develop their bench, too, and, and, and play those guys, you know, towards yeah. the end of the stretch. And and maybe maybe that's uh, we saw that with the Pistons even, too, not necessarily not necessarily that they're trying to tank, but they just wanted to kind of see some of those guys like how Diallo develop, too. So I feel like there's 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 teams out there who they have a competitive 15 man roster. And sometimes you're right. Maybe they're on that border and they just want to develop those guys more and then enter the lottery with a good chance. I, 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 I agree with you, Troy on, on the idea that there's times where like the Pistons will like want to try out their bench. Right. Or want to see what these second, I'm not just saying the Pistons. I'm saying any, Oh no, I know. I know. I know. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, I agree that your example does happen, but I think Troy, what specifically, I think what's going to happen is even a step beyond that. I think to like what, I was even saying a minute ago of like, you're seeing more and more guys coming up from the G league and like, you know, in the middle of the season towards the end of the year, granted, I think this year kind of opened the door for a little bit more because of the COVID um, like this last year because of COVID. And, you know, I think, you know, the Pistons, they had the most players play for their franchise in one single season in their history with 27 different players suiting up for them. I'm sure like every franchise, I, I can only imagine like what the thunder probably had too, you know, with that as well. Right. Yeah. You know, um, but like, also like, you're just seeing, you know, I, I wonder how many, like, I wonder like towards the end of the year, like in, 
March, how many teams are actually still going to be fielding competitive rosters on a nightly basis? Because if you're if like, let's say the Chicago Bulls, for an example, let's just point like, let's just put them, you know, in, in the in, in the conversation for one second, because for them, they're in a situation where unless they're really bad, like really bad, they don't get their number one overall pick. It goes to Orlando. And, and they're going to be in the lottery, right? And there's a situation where Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan are not exactly going to be the most reliable as far as health this season. Nikola Vucevic hasn't exactly looked like a slam dunk of a trade ever since they brought him in, right? Like, at a certain point, if you're the Chicago Bulls, you are you don't have an incentive to even win because what happens if you get back to the playoffs? Are you going to just being able to get over the hump against the against the Bucks this season. We don't even know if Lonzo's playing this year. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like for like just teams like that, they might not have the incentive like in their head, why wouldn't they at least put their put their name in the basket for Victor Wembanyama? You know what I mean? So like yeah, that's the thing that's going to be interesting. There's a lot of reason to just kind of throw in the towel at the end, which I think is why Adam Silver's out there throwing around very empty threats, like the right the relegation thing, which he came out and right. said later, like that was kind of in jest. Like it wasn't actually like a serious thought because right. that would never happen. It would just completely destroy small markets even more. If NBA players went to like a, a not great team and had the risk of playing in the G league the next season. Um, yeah. So like, like him saying that and then him saying like, like we like teams to be competitive, like don't tank kind of thing. Like, he knows what could potentially happen. And right. I think this is a season where we could see some of the most egregious tanking we've ever seen because of the way the lottery set up and the way that Victor is just so transformational and how tanking culture has kind of changed. Yep. I mean, it's become clear that for small markets in the NBA, you have to tank at some point. You can't ever, you, there's no way to like re- become relevant again, heading into a rebuild without tanking in some way, losing more games on purpose because otherwise you end up like getting the eighth overall pick and then the sixth pick and then the ninth pick. And maybe you get lucky once, but to keep up with teams that are bringing in these star free agents, like big markets, you've got to get really lucky in the lottery. And the only way to make sure you get that luck is, you know, by sucking. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and and not just Victor, but okay. No, no. I was going to say, this is a deep draft too. Yeah. It's not just Victor. This is a deep draft. Yeah. There's plenty of guys too that you can get at number two, three, four, five who can impact your roster. So another thing to keep in mind as well. Yeah. And, and that's and it's crazy because we're talking about how this is, you know, they're they're talking about how even beyond Victor, this is like a historically deep draft class. And that's crazy because how many classes have we had over the last few years where we've said this is a historically deep draft class, right? Like the past couple of years have been stellar drafts. Now we're having one that's even better. So I think to your point, it's like, you know, these teams are in situations where, you know, especially you know, like there, there's only a certain amount of guys that are transformational and can lead your team to a championship. Right. And if you don't have one of those guys and if you're not one of those situations where you can truly go out and do something, you know, again, that that might change it. But also, I think the other aspect of it is not only are you going to see like egregious tanking more than ever, guy, guys might become available that normally wouldn't be available. You know, mm. like, like and, and I think in particular, you know, like I I'm really curious to see how the Portland situation evolves over the season. They're three and oh so far. Damian Lillard has looked stellar. Mm-hmm. If Portland's not going anywhere, he might want to say that he wants to go play for a contender. Portland might want to say, hey, Victor Wimbanyama and Shaden Sharp would look pretty amazing together. 
you know, like that again, like that's like, you know, that's where it could go. And like even teams like, you know, the Thunder who have a ton of picks and have a lot of capital who potentially want to, you know, pair some guys along Chet and Getty going into next year. You know, the Pistons, they have almost $80 million in cap space going into next year. And, you know, they're, you know, they're going to have some young talent that they could cash in on as well. So I think as far as like the balance of power in the NBA, not only is it going to change with like wherever Victor Wimbanyama goes, but as the consequence of the Victor Wimbanyama like tankathon, I think that's going to change the balance of the league too. So like the crazy thing is we're seeing this insanely entertaining basketball already, but also looming is the balance of power of the entire league just potentially changing at any moment. Mm-hmm. it's so, crazy it's all because of this 18 year old kid right. like, yeah like, all like, because of an 18 year old kid from france mm-hmm. and it's just it's it could really just because he really is a guy like into even more of your point say you're like a middle of the pack team say you're the sacramento kings you reach a point where you know maybe we're going to be a playing team or, or maybe we're outside of the plan why don't they trade like they can be like okay we have sabonis or we can give up on him or De'Aaron Fox, who's been really, really good so far. Fox has been absolutely killing it. Yeah. Love what I've seen from him. But they are 0-3 so far. So if they go out there and they're like, this isn't working, and they trade one or both of those guys, or even if they, like, say they hold on to Fox, you trade Sabonis away, you end up being worse, you then could maybe get Victor Wembanyama, who could finally get you out of this perpetual missing the playoff cycle that you're in. Because then Fox, Keegan Murray, and Wembanyama, plus the role players they have, that's a good team. Like yeah. it's, there are so many teams that I can just picture Victor being on. And my mind always goes back to somehow the Lakers are going to give the Pelicans Victor Wembanyama, and the league is going to be over with him and Zion and Ingram. It, it, my mind keeps going back to that, but right. I can just, there are so many teams whose like jerseys I can picture him in maybe like the Pacers miles yeah. Turner is going to miss the first few games. Cause he stepped on a ball boy's ankle. Um, and then, <laughs> which is a crazy sentence. He'll probably uh, also, be in a Lakers jersey in the next couple of weeks too, but yeah, we'll get there and, in a few. Yeah, and that could even incentivize them to trade him to the Lakers more because and if I was the Lakers, I'd try and use that as leverage. Say they're kind of bad by like Thanksgiving when the Lakers are reportedly going to reevaluate things. They're like, hey, trade us Miles Turner. Like it will make you a worse team. You can go out and get Victor because then Halliburton, Matherin, who has looked like a monster and Victor Wembanyama to start your rebuild, like this is going to be their like second year of tanking. You get right. Victor Wembanyama, that's over, and you have three guys that are all all star caliber players. And Victor Wembanyama is going to be like the best player in the league in like four years. And then even then, add Scoot Henderson to that mix. A, a, mm-hmm. a, a, exactly, a, a, a lineup of Benedict Matherin, Tyrese Halliburton, and Scoot Henderson. That playmaking's off the charts. So like mm-hmm. you know. Ultimately, I, I think a lot of teams are primed to be in really good positions. I think both of the teams that you and I root for, Cone, are in really good positions. I want to get to both of them in a minute. I want to ask you more about your thunder. But first, I would be remiss if we didn't talk a little bit about this Lakers situation. We keep hovering around and bringing up a little yeah. bit because I, you know, I, I, and again, you, you released a video today saying, you know, it's over. It's time for them to trade Russ. And I don't want this to be a, a Russ bashing session because I, I, I think to put the, all the problems of the Lakers on Russ is quite frankly giving Rob Palenka a pass and mm-hmm. also is missing a lot of the context of the situation. Because I think if you really look at the roster, first of all, you know, Cone, I think you and I, you know, like we've we've talked about the Lakers the both times you've been on the pod so far because each time you've come on the pod, they've been in a disastrous There's situation. always something with them, man. Yeah, yeah. I remember, so the first pod, and this is the first time you and I met, we were 
New Year's Eve around uh, 2021. And it, around that time, the I remember what you and I were talking about on that pod was could the Lakers, you know, come out of the new year and make a playoff push? Who could they trade for at the deadline but to, te- to potentially turn this season around? And here we are, three games into the season, talking about if the Lakers could turn it around and if they could potentially make a train that could ter- trade that could turn this season around. Mm-hmm. I personally, uh, I hated the moves they made this offseason, even though I like some of the players they brought in. They just don't have any shooting at all. And mm. it seems to me like the only way to make this season semi-salvageable and not completely a disaster is to trade two future first round picks just to make your team competent. And to me, like that's like the worst possible situation as a franchise you can be in. I'm not sure what your thoughts are, Cone, but that's where my head goes first. It's just man. Like I I I I really like I know a lot of people talk about the the Russell Westbrook move and how terrible of a decision that was. And I absolutely mm-hmm was a mm-hmm. terrible decision. But after these last two seasons giving Rob Palenka an extension? Yeah, that's that's wild. That's a that's a decision that they made. That um, is a move. It's it's one of the moves of all time. I would have yeah, to say. Yeah, 100 it's one of the decisions of all time for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man, yeah, it's yeah, so basically kind of like the center of my video, what I was talking about is, um, you know, being an OKC fan, Russell Westbrook is the player that kind of made me fall in love with basketball. I want to see that guy win a ring right. so bad. And when he got traded to the Lakers, I was saying, oh, my gosh, they're going to win a ring. I was like, he can unlock Anthony Davis's game because I was biased and blinded. Um, I'm also a big LeBron guy, so I was also rooting for them a lot. And yeah, they sucked last year in the offseason. They didn't bring in really any shooting. I've been genuinely impressed with their defense so far. Like they look like a genuinely good defensive team. Uh, top, been, I think they're top three or top five in the league defensively right now. Yeah, they've been one of the best defensive teams. And if they could hit a three at even like decently below league average, they could be two and one, if not three and oh. Unfortunately, though, they are historically um, I saw a stat that I used for my video um, but that basically right now they've shot 25 for 118 from three this season. That's the second worst percentage in a three game stretch for any team that's ever shot a hundred or more threes ever. That's the second worst stretch ever for a team. The only team that they were worse than is, so that's like 21.2%. Yeah, it was like the Atlanta Hawks one year, 28, right? 2018 Atlanta Hawks who finished 24 and 58. That's the only other team that has shot worse from that worse than them in a three game stretch with at least a hundred attempts. And that is like his, it's legit historically bad, how bad they've shot. I just don't understand how you have LeBron James. The only rule with LeBron is give him shooters. You have Anthony Davis. The only rule with him is get him some shooters. And then Russell Westbrook, another guy that you have to get shooters. And they found a way to put not a single shooter on this roster. I don't know how they did it. Um, credit to them a little bit. Even guys like Lonnie Walker is not that bad of a shooter. He hasn't been hitting anything. Patrick Beverly was actually a decent shooter last year, although for his career, he's not that great. And it's reached the point where now Sham said they're looking at Mo Harkless, who's average. I think it's a tw- he is a 27.4% career three-point percentage. They're looking at him as a guy to bring in. And uh, just- Terry Rozier is a guy that they report that they reportedly love too, which Terry Rozier isn't exactly a knockdown three-point shooter either. So, yeah, like, I don't it's... know if that move helps them either. Like, mm-hmm. that just feels like a slightly better version of Dennis Schroeder. Yeah, it's 
it's rough out there. And that's part of the reason why I've, cause I've been like saying like, Oh, maybe they can find guys to make this Russ thing work. And Russ has been horrific offensively. He's shooting 8% from three. Like that's not me saying something accidentally. It is the single digit of eight. Um, and I think he's shooting like 29% from the field. Yeah. He, uh, he's currently had 11 attempts wide open from beyond the arc. He's made one of them it's it's rough man. and he even changed his shot form and it looks better in terms of shooting from deep and you know he had like his mvp season he was phenomenal from three it's just it's just not working and because yeah. of his contract they've got to trade him him and those two first round picks maybe you can get away with one if you go for a smaller package but that is the only way they're going to turn this season around and normally i would say kind of just ride this thing out there's no hope but they've been good defensively. AD has been phenomenal. He looks like he could be a defensive player of the year guy. LeBron's been good and locked in on that end. If they just had like league average shooting, they would they might be undefeated right now. So it's to me the package that I've always liked the most is Buddy Heald and Miles Turner. I like that one a lot. You bring in a good defender, um, a shot blocker who can stretch the floor in Miles Turner. Uh, and of course, you bring in Buddy Heald, who the only guys who have hit more threes than him over the past few years, James Harden, Steph Curry. Uh, actually, a stat I just heard on the Sixers broadcast before this. So shout out to them for giving me that. Um, so like that's a package, you know, the Jazz, they talked about Con. I think it's Conley Clarkson, like Rudy Gay or something like that. Yep. Regardless of what it is, they've got to trade him using that contract and those picks to do something because you can't like LeBron signed that extension, I'm sure, with the knowledge that they would use those picks and they haven't done it yet. I'm guessing they're going to at some point during this season. I know Rob Plinka said they want to wait till Thanksgiving, but in my opinion, that'll probably be too late. Yeah, it, it'd be well too late. And 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 there's there's almost an argument and you don't want to overreact to like the first week of the season, but like there's a legitimate case where they could be 0 and 7 in the next couple of weeks. And Troy, I want to I want to flip it over to you too with your perspective as well. You know, I'm not sure, you know, if you've been able to watch this team if at all, you know, I know they were, you know, they've had a couple of games on national television by now. On Sunday in particular, they had that game where they, you know, blew another lead against the Trail Blazers, you know, kind of like, you know, that was kind of when the the questionable decision from Russ down the stretch, but I think another aspect of this conversation as well is, you know, we've talked for so long about Anthony Davis you know, in order for, you know, this Lakers situation to truly thrive, uh, you know, as, as LeBron gets older, is Anthony Davis needed to become the guy, right? Like he needed to become the talent or the top player in the world that we all saw in 2018 mm-hmm. that like we, that he can be. And in the bubble, we saw that he can be right. Right. But I saw this stat on opening night um, after, after the game, this is from, uh, Kirk Goldsberry from ESPN. Anthony Davis is the least efficient jump shooter in the NBA over the last two seasons. Amongst, uh, among 178 players that have attempted at least 500 jump shots since the beginning of the 2020-2021 season, Davis has logged the lowest effective field goal percentage on those shots at 35.99%. No other player is below 40. So... We talk about the shooting woes uh, and, and, the, and, the, and the struggles of Russ, and obviously he gets a lot of slack. And I know Anthony Davis is still a really effective player on the defensive end, and when he gets to the basket, can be really you know dangerous. It still could be a bucket. And when we talk about one of the best talents in this league, Anthony Davis just has to be in this conversation. But Troy, where the hell has he been since the bubble, man? Yeah, yeah. And to back that story up, Sean, I, I think, too, we started just talking about the Lakers' struggles as a whole. And and that Rob Palenka signing, uh, 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 signing, was it 
a five-year contract now? But it was a, yeah, he got a two-year extension essentially sure. to align with uh Darvin Ham's gotcha. extension. So okay, he's there okay. for like another four years, I think. Right. Okay. Okay. Well, just that alone, because this story starts two years ago with their problems, right? They were a seventh seed ending up. I think they got they won one game maybe against the uh the Suns in 2021. Yep. Uh, yep. um, and last year they really showed no improvement. Actually, they showed a decline. So to think that this roster you can put small pieces like you know the Kendrick Dunn, the Lonnie Walker, uh, Coney talked about him um on this roster and expect that they fix the problems and that they're just gonna regroup again uh, in the offseason and and be a you know playoff competitor it's just not going to happen so i think to really get the full picture of this lakers team you need to understand that they have not done one thing to improve this roster and in my uh recommendation i would love shooters cone touched on that already um uh, to add shooters on this roster we've seen lebron james succeed with that in the past with cleveland and um it's just it's something that just I don't understand. And we, we can talk as, you know, fans of basketball about what they can do, what they cannot do. But we're talking about people in the in the business, right? Professionals. We're talking about GMs. We're talking about scouts. What are they doing to improve this Lakers team? Nothing. And then to your second point, Sean, Anthony Davis thing. Um, I, I just feel like he's in his decline. I, I think we've seen the, the, the best of uh, Anthony Davis in the past. I think uh, – I don't know. For some reason, he doesn't feel like I don't know if he truly has the keys to the franchise uh, in, in some areas. And I just don't think that he is. We're not going to re- really ever you think see it's like the health the thing. Anthony Do you think David. some of it? Yeah. Right. Some I, it's just he hasn't been able to stay on the court. Right. And I think the decline, I think, is partially, um, if not almost halfly, uh, uh, because of the because of his health. Uh, with the decline. So I just think they have a lot in their shoes that they have to work out before they're even talking about competitive basketball. And it starts with moving this roster around. It's just, they have proven time and time again, going on season number three, that this roster in its construction, as far as your faces of the franchise are not uh, capable of succeeding. Yeah, for sure. And, 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 you know, I I think ultimately, you know, whatever happens with the Lakers, there's going to be a lot of trade packages, you know, on, you know, that that'll certainly be on their mind. Again, I really don't I, I still don't love the idea of giving up those picks because, you know, Cone, you brought up the scenario earlier where the Pelicans could potentially get Victor Wembanyama if the Lakers continue to be this bad. So um, if the Lakers somehow, you know, in that trade, you know, get, you know, getting Anthony Davis, but also ultimately giving the Pelicans uh, Victor Wembanyama. Would that go down as one of the worst trades of an NBA history? I mean, even though they got an NBA title, they gave yeah. up Brandon Ingram. They gave up Lonzo Ball. They gave up, like, how many players in this deal? And if Wimbenyama's ultimately part of it, who's a better talent out of college than Anthony Davis? Yeah, it's... That's insane. It's tough, because, they. I mean, they won a title, so I have to still call them a winner, but... Good Lord. The, I would say, you know, it's still a win for the Lakers. They got their title, but I would say for the Pelicans, it would be one of the biggest wins in a trade in NBA history. Right. Yeah. But yeah. no one was thinking that in 20, uh, 2019 when that trade went down. Yeah. 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 It's, it's crazy how just a few years later, it's like, if this Lakers team continues to be bad, then even if the Pelicans don't get Victor, they get a high level player out of this draft and they just continue to stack up those assets. Yeah, which by the way, I I love their depth. Like you know, mm-hmm. like the fact that they even got a guy like Dyson Daniels in the ladder lottery this last year. That's a guy I really like as far as a defensive prospect. You know, they 
They're going to be really fun to watch. Uh, they've been one of my favorite teams to watch on League Pass so far this year. From Half Court is brought to you by Manscaped. When we talk about post players, there is few better players in the restricted area than our friends over at Manscaped. With great products such as the Lawnmower 4.0 with skin-safe technology, the Weed Whacker, their deodorants, lotions, and more, Manscaped is unrivaled when it comes to the men's hygiene game. Serving over 8 million balls worldwide. That's a lot of testicles, ladies and gentlemen. So if you're finding yourself in need of Manscaped products, be sure to go to manscaped.com and use code HALFCORE at checkout because that can get you 20% off plus free shipping. Our friends at Manscaped sent us these products, and I can tell you that they are absolutely for real. I have been absolutely satisfied and in love with their entire product line, from boxers, T-shirts, the Lawnmower 4.0, to the, to the Weed Whacker ear and nose trimmer. You can really not go wrong. Be sure to go to manscaped.com and use code HALFCORD at checkout for 20% off plus free shipping. Thank you again to our friends at Manscaped for sponsoring this video. I, uh, you know, personally looking at the league, you know, the landscape as a whole, I feel like there's been a lot of surprises. There's been a lot of really fun things. I do want to touch really, you know, before we kind of touch on like those, like big league specific, you know, like, like those surprises and a lot of those performances, I want to touch on our teams a little, a little bit real quick, Cone. I want I want to check in. How are you feeling, you know, with the thunder where they're at right now? I know you said they're, uh, they're owing three to start mm -hmm. the season. Uh, Josh Giddy, his jump shot from what I've seen is definitely improved. And mm. I am a huge Josh Giddy fan. So I'm super excited to see his development and his evolution this season as well. But also, I mean, Jalen Williams is a stud. I know he got injured night one, he got an elbow to the eye, right? Yeah. Jay McDaniels hit him in the eye with an elbow. He played oh. like, he got like five minutes. It was, it was really rough. Cause he was one of the guys I was really excited about coming in, of course, with Chet being out. So I think he's going to be back in like a week or so. So he shouldn't be out too, too long, but you know, but you it's just okay. can't have nice things. Yeah. He'll come back with a mask and average 30 a game. I'm not too worried about it. Yeah. Mask. Jay Will's going to be nasty. I'm looking forward to that. But overall, like what, what are some of the players, you know, like for, for those that obviously I know, uh, I know for the casual audience hearing that Chet's not going to be playing this year. I know a lot of people automatically tune out the thunder and presume they're a tanking team, but like we talked about, they're not right? Like they're mm -hmm. like, obviously they're still going to be in a situation where they're still going to be in the lottery conversation just because mm -hmm. of the way talent shakes up right now and the way the league's at. But I mean, as, as far as we talk about, you know, I know a lot of people focus on the assets that they have going forward, but what about some of those nice pieces they have right now? I mean, just like, you know, Jalen Williams, um, Usman Jiang, like, you know, like they have like a lot of, of sneaky, really good prospects on their team that like, if, if these hit and, and exceed expectations and then they go out and get guys like, like you said, Wimbenyama or Henderson or Henderson, whoever's in this, you know, whoever's going to be available next year, this team's going to be dangerous for a long, long time. Yeah. Uh, really excited. Uh, if we had Chet for our first, like if Chet had played, we'd be two and one right now. Um, barely lost to the Timberwolves on, on our first game. Barely lost to the Nuggets, too. We were right in it until the end. And the reason we lost is because we had to continuously throw double teams at Jokic, who just continued to throw the most insane passes ever like they were nothing because that's what he does. Yep. Um, so I truly believe if we have Chet, we'd be 2-1 and one right now, which is hard to stomach because it would be super cool to see that you know improvement. But 
then this past game, Shea didn't play because he fell in his hip pretty hard at the end of the Nuggets game. So they sat him out to be precautionary. And then Josh Giddy ends up turning his ankle last game. So he missed the end of the game too. And he might miss a few games. Uh, he's already been ruled out for our game against the Clippers tomorrow. So um, obviously Shea and Giddy as the backcourt, you know, Shea, Shea is electric. Um, he put up over 30 points in the first game. I think he had 28 or 29 in the second game. I think he could average around 26, 27 points per game if he stays healthy for the full year. It's been a bit of an issue recently with his health. Hopefully he is able to come back and be good on that end. Um, but he's just phenomenal. And then Josh Giddy, like you said, shooting, you know, still a work in progress, but his form looks improved. Shots are falling a lot more regularly in the preseason as well as the regular season. I just feel more confident in him taking them. His driving game has looked improved too. He got stronger, a great playmaker. Really excited for them as a backcourt. Um, you know, Chet Holmgren, when he does come back next season, is going to be a force defensively down low, have a full offseason to bulk up as well. Um, you've got Trey Mann, who's a great space creator as a guard, shown a ton of flashes. Jalen yeah. Williams is really exciting, too. I love him as a guard playing off ball uh, alongside those two guys. He's shown a ton of promise there. Uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl has a true shooting percentage through two games of like 90 percent, which is not going to stay. But um, he's just a fun connecting piece there, too. He can knock on some shots. Um, Poku's looked improved, albeit still God, some crazy moments. Still some crazy moments from Poku here and there, um, but he's been fun to watch so far. Uzman Jang, I'm excited about. Yeah. As, um, he's supposed to be a bit of a more raw prospect, but uh, especially in the preseason. And even now, like yesterday, he got some more minutes and he was really solid, especially defensively. I love what I've seen from him. And we've been a really competitive team through this start of the season. Last game, it wasn't as much so because Shea didn't play. But in the first two games, we were right there with the Timberwolves and Nuggets two of my top teams in the Western conference this year, right until the end. So it's been yeah. really fun. I'm really proud of how this team has competed so far. Um, probably without Shane Giddy tomorrow against the Clippers. I don't think it's going to go super well. They just got blown out against the Suns. <laughs> I feel like they're going to be in for a bit of a revenge game there. So probably won't go well there. Probably start 0 and 4, but yeah. overall it's been fun so far. I really like the improvement I've seen from the guys and you, you guys know with the rebuild, it's all about kind of the right. journey building up, watching these guys grow and get better. And I'm sure you guys have been feeling a lot of that same uh, sentiment throughout your first few games. Oh, most definitely. I think, you know, Troy, I don't know about you, but for me, when I look at the thunder, I see the similarities and the parallels with, with how the Pistons are being built in the sense that, you know, Sam Presti and Troy Weaver, that relationship that they did have, you know, Troy Weaver coming from the Oklahoma city thunder, you know, a uh, locker room, just how both of these teams have made a priority of trading up and getting multiple players in the first round and how both teams have sneaky assets. You know, obviously there's the big names like SGA paid, you know, uh, you know, uh, Chet, you know, giddy, but like, there's also the sneaky names like Trey man, you know, like mm -hmm. Killian Hayes, you know, like, like some of these, like, you know, more like under the radar prospects and, you know, like, you know, Troy, when, when we're looking at the Pistons right now and Cone, I would love to hear your thoughts as well. I'm not sure if you've been able to watch any of the Pistons at all, um, but I I would say it's inherently clear the talent level is just way, way higher than last year. And in my lifetime, this is the most athletic Pistons group I've ever seen. Jalen Duran and Jaden Ivey together. Oh my Lord. And, and even though like, we'll talk like, you know, we, we Jaden Ivey's special and, you know, we'll, you know, we'll talk about, you know, kind of like him with some of like the top rookies in a second, but like Jalen Duran, what he can be the fact that like 
he played significant down the stretch minutes in the fourth quarter in his first game. Yeah. He's 18 years old and doesn't turn 19 until December. He's the youngest player in the league right now, isn't he? Yeah. 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 He, he was one of my favorite guys going to the draft. He's a guy that I see that could be, I think he could be like a bam at a bio light type player where he's this high level defender, a lob threat. He's a better playmaker than people give him credit for a good rebounder. I like his game a lot. I thought it was a great, y'all were one of my, uh, actually, up until I think this past like like month or so, the most viewed video on my channel was me talking about how the Pistons were like the biggest winners of the draft. Let's um, go! You know, love Jay Nivey's game. Highly athletic, great fit next to K in the backcourt. I love what I've seen from him. His playmaking too has been beyond what I thought it might be to start off his career. Love what I'm seeing from them over there, of course. Um, and then, like you said, Jalen Duran has been really, really solid so far. Tons of flashes, as I believe he is the youngest player in the league right now. Yep. Um, still able to make a high level impact. I don't know. It just we don't feels win like that there's game. A... We don't win that first game without Jalen Duran. Yeah, yeah, he's he immediately like first game out there made an impact, and there have been a ton of great young players that have made impacts right away out of this rookie class, one that was kind of looked at by some people as a weaker one because it was sandwiched by 2021 and now 2023 with, you know, Victor, Scoot, um, the Thompson twins, Cam Whitmore, all these different guys. It's like, it, it kind of flew under the radar and so many guys are making such a big impact. Ivan right. Duran are a great example of that. And yeah, I do feel like a lot of these rebuilding teams, like I know when I watch us, I feel like, hey, like we're getting better. Like I can visibly see it. When I watched y'all play the Magic, both teams, I was like, these two teams look a lot better than they were last year. The talent, yep. you know, with the Magic, Paolo, amazing already right from the get-go. Uh, what he's oh. doing over there, it's he was so poised. It looks like he's been in the league for like 20 years at this point. Um, him alongside Franz Wagner, Wendell Carter, Jalen Suggs looks a lot better this season. So their talent level, ours, and then of course you guys's Indiana looks better, Benedict Matherin, just so many young guys making an impact around the league. Yeah, one hundred percent. And and you know, Troy, I think, you know, when when I watch this team, it's crazy. You know, you know, Cone talks about how, you know, like, you know, Thunder would probably be two and one if Chet's in the lineup. I it's crazy, you know, like we're you know, we're without, you know, Alec, Alec Burks and Marvin Bagley, two 15-point-a-game scores off of our second unit. You know, like our most reliable bench scorer so far has been Corey Joseph. So, yeah. you know, like, you know, I, I just, like, if we had a second unit, I would only imagine, like, what we would be, you know, like, like where we would be at and, like, what would be happening. But, you know, I, I think for me personally, like, I think, you know, just like Cone said there, like, you know, when I watch the Pistons or when I watch the Thunder, I just see the amount of young talent that we're seeing come into the league that are all coming in day one and are just looking like pros that are looking like studs. Like we're just seeing more and more guys coming in, like guys like Tyrese Maxey coming in, like, no, I'm just awesome now. Or like, or like, you know, Cone brought up Paulo. Like I literally leaned to you, Troy, in like the second quarter. It was like, yeah, looks like Paulo has been playing for five years. Like yeah. that was the number one thing watching Paulo in person. Like he was, he was 11 of 18 from the field that night. He didn't take a single three. He didn't rush any of the, any of his decisions. And for a guy to have that type of poise in his first game and to be the first number one overall pick to debut with 25, five and five since LeBron James, that's pretty good company. Yeah. The league is in good hands. We've said it before. And uh, what blows my mind is that these draft classes coming up are getting deeper and deeper, which means 
to get even in this league is going to be even getting harder and harder. I mean, guys, I mean, I, I don't really know the stats with this, but I, I, I would have guessed traditionally the average NBA player maybe plays six years in the league average. Yeah. Five, um, six years, five or six, but it, it could get even smaller than that because of how, how deep this league is going. Yeah. Um, so, so for me, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, if you want specific names, yeah. Paulo, Really is showing out well, and you think of other rookies around the league, Benedict Mathrin as well. Um, very impressed with his game, but uh, our guy too, Ivy uh, and Duran, Duran as well. So I, I think with those two guys in particular, Ivy and Duran, you know, they're they're the reason why um, I, I think Dallas Pistons fans can be excited with our, our future. Sure, we got Cage. Sure, sure we got Sonique, but yeah. I think the the potential that those guys can can have, and even their ceilings are insane, right? Both of their ceilings are so high that they can even get to those ceilings in the next three or four years, um, I, I think is very impressive for me. And, um, yeah, the, the fact that we lose that game without Duran, um, that shows you his impact already day one. So. Yeah, for sure. And when I watch, you know, when I watch throughout the league and, and, and when I watch, you know, like, so like the crazy thing with Paulo, you know, like to, to, to like just to touch on the rookies real quick. Paulo Boncaro is the first teenager to score 20 plus points in each of his first three career games in NBA history, 19 years old doing what he's doing. And, and I think the thing I saw from him, I didn't see in college. It's, it felt like at times at college, he was a little bit more passive. There, there'd be times where you'd let other guys kind of take over the offense. I think what you've seen from day one, even in the summer league from Paulo has been this attitude of this is my franchise. Now this right. is my organization. I'm putting them on my back and I'm doing everything in my power to go out and make sure we get a win. And granted, even though they're own three, you know, they still haven't quite gotten in the win column yet. I, you know, they're definitely a lot better. I would say they're about where Detroit was last year. I think they still have a lot of good amount of young talent, but like even with guys like Mark Fultz, Jonathan Isaac, you know, they still have a lot of guys injured. And so I think this is still a little bit of a transition year for them, but with Paulo coming in day one, I mean, I, I think, you know, in retrospect, it's you know it's crazy that this guy wasn't the obvious number one overall pick in the sense that this guy's just so polished across the board and yeah Jabari's looked great you know I, I'm sure Chet would have looked great if he was here but like guys Paulo's just I mean he's the he's that guy he just mm-hmm. is yeah I mean do you think rookie of the year I mean I think he has my vote so far I mean it's way that the way too early rookie of the year poll has him number one for sure without a doubt but I will say. Jay Nivey is definitely up there if he keeps playing at this pace. Benedict Matherin will definitely make a fun case for himself. Keegan Murray is still looked like a bucket. He's just like, I feel like Keegan Murray's still just been the same guy he's been since the preseason and since the summer league. It's just, we just expect him to do it now. Right. That's the crazy thing. Uh, but, you know, like even, uh, you know, I, I just think as a whole, you know, just even uh, Jabari Smith Jr. in, in uh, Houston. I know a lot of people expected him, you know, to come in and like be like much more of a slow burn. He's been pretty productive as well. So, I mean, overall, this class just looks fantastic. So, like, you know, from the rookie standpoint, it's looked great. But, I mean, let's talk about like league surprises real quick. And let's start with a good one. Cone, we were talking about the Jazz before we got on here. And, like, I know before, like, the season, like, Danny Ainge was like, no, we're not tanking. We're looking to compete. And everyone was like, yeah, whatever. You know, like, good one. Good joke. This team is 3-0. and 
as of recording. And and, and right now they're down to Houston. It, it, it's looking like, you know, more than likely, you know, like they're they're down. They could probably, they could lose this one. You never know. He, they could come back. But Cone, there's no chance this, this, this momentum stays throughout the season. This is definitely going to be a bottom of the West team. However, this doesn't this just show like what what guys can do like if you give them time to develop like Laurie Markinen's like in what year five year six we write a guy off if mm-hmm. they haven't had the greatest start of their career Laurie Markinen's playing at all star caliber level right now yeah he's been incredible uh, I was telling y'all before the pod there was someone in one of those enjoy basketball Twitter spaces that I did we were talking about award picks and someone came in and said or just like bold predictions, they said, Laurie Markin and All-Star. I can't remember who it was, but someone said, I think he could make a case if the Jazz surprised people. And even if he's not an All-Star, I think he could be a most improved player guy because I think just he's going to be a focal point in the Jazz. And I, I thought about it and I was like, yeah, I didn't really think about him like that, but that's a really great point. And immediately he's been that impact. They've run their offense through him a lot. He's looked really good um, knocking down shots, being a connecting piece for them. This is the first time he's been featured in this way because for Chicago, you know, he came in, but then Zach Levine was there. And when he went to Cleveland, of course, there's like Darius Garland and Jared Allen and Evan Mobley that he's surrounded by. Now that he's on Utah, he's one of their focal points. He's been really, really good. And I've been really impressed with what I've seen from him. And, you know, Utah after the trade said, Lori's a guy that we plan on keeping long-term and that's looking like a great decision right away from them. He's just been a guy that's, it feels like he is kind of one of those guys that I don't know how I didn't see it coming up until recently, but he feels like a perfect most improved player guy in a new situation where he's got a chance to prove a lot of people wrong. And it's always cool to see guys that are written off by a lot of the league come in and start to make an impact. And he's the biggest reason why Utah is three and oh. Well, and we always in, in Troy, like we always assume that these guys are the problem or the, or they are the reason that, that, that the situation didn't work out. But if we but like in hindsight, I mean, if you think about like, you know, Lori Markinen's career leading up to now, it makes a lot of sense that this is a situation he's succeeding in. I mean, if you look at that original bowl situation, there was all the the uh, there was all the dysfunction there from day one. Remember when they had to punch in with punch clocks? Remember mm-hmm. that? Yeah. That's a pretty great situation to thrive in as a young player. In addition, <laughs> he goes he gets traded to Cleveland or he, or he, he signs in Cleveland over the off season, pretty much is seen, you know, as, as kind of like a washed prospect at this point goes to Cleveland, proves himself actually has a pretty solid season. How does he get thanked for it? It's traded right again in a Donovan Mitchell trade. Yeah. But now, you know, Danny Ainge, you know, that, that, that type of, you know, that type of basketball mind that can, you know, find diamonds in the rough, but also, you know, proving that like, you know, Hey, like just because we're blowing it up, doesn't mean that it necessarily means that like the culture goes away either because a lot of these veterans who are part of Utah playing so well over the years like Jordan Clarkson, Mike Conley have been playing really good basketball and have been showing like hey, we're still here. And like the part of like what made us good isn't solely what went out the door. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think a guy like Markin and I I feel like you're right when you touched on what he was to that Cavs team last year too. I mean, he was 
more than a role player. I mean, he's a guy that that they trusted to get buckets here and there. He was a guy that they trusted to play t- solid defense on, you know, some of the opponent's best players. So the fact that I think Cleveland might have been a good confidence booster in him, that, yes, I can compete in this league. Yes, I can be a contributor on a winning team in this league because we really saw a swing for things with, with the Cavs last season. And uh, we'll see that again now that they have Donovan Mitchell this season. But but I think with a guy like Laurie Markkinen, I think he just needs to be – um, trusted in in on the team as a as a guy who can be a third second option on a, on an NBA team and really we're really seeing kind of a first uh, I know with Utah but um, I feel like he's a guy that's a that's a bucket getter a solid defender and he's really a guy that every NBA team would want that's the big thing I, I mean any team would like a Laurie Markkinen on their team. Yeah. Which, so, so for him, I just see that this is a good role for him. Um, this is going to be a, a chance to be a all-star level player if he if he keeps it up. I'm not sure if he's going to really keep up the the playing, but uh, he certainly impacts this Utah team. Yeah. And uh, it's been a fun first three games or four now, if you include tonight's game, uh, watching him play. So yeah, modern Laurie, like the way Laurie Marketing's playing right now, and like when he's healthy is definitely a guy that everyone wants. You know, I, right. I know at the end of his yeah. you know, Chicago run, a lot of people assumed he was probably going to be overseas. But, I mean, now it's looking like he's going to have a long, fruitful NBA career if he keeps right. it up at this rate. And yeah. at this point, the Jazz are undefeated, first in total points, third best offensive rating, first in three-pointers, third in three-point percentage, and they have 15 first-round picks that they're sitting on, too. Wow. So. Uh, they're looking pretty good. So that, that tweets some stat muse that, that, that's, that just blows my mind. One more, you know, one more thing I want to talk about Damian Lillard, mm-hmm. this guy coming back from injury two 40 point games already. In addition, Jeremy Grant, our former guy with the Pistons, Troy, it's a game winner in LA against the Lakers. And in addition, They've had this young stud coming off their bench, Shaden Sharp, yeah. who's looked as advertised as this as this tantalizing young prospect. I really, really, really am glad to see Dame playing at this level. Mm-hmm. And now, to me, Portland's become one of the most interesting teams in the Western Conference as far as I have no idea where they can end up. But if Dame can, can keep going at this rate, and if we truly have a healthy Dame, for the first time in a couple of years, watch out. Right, right. Yeah, no, he's a guy that uh, I think a lot of teams and fans have written off just because of the Trailblazers' success or unsuccess the past couple of years. Um, uh, well, I know, but he's a guy that got his team to the conference finals just a few years earlier. So I feel like he's a guy that we've shown all-star level caliber to this whole time. And you, you split up a guy like CJ last year, but we we've shown, well, he has shown himself to the league that he's a guy that can always be a number one option, that he's, that he is the face of the franchise in ways where, um, the Trailblazers front office might not want to give up on him or blow the thing up already because we know that he's capable of doing. So I feel like in some ways his best days could be still ahead of us in the right situation. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those things or cone. I mean, like, like we say, it's, it, it feels very similar to the wizards in the sense of it's hard to tell what their true ceiling can be and how much it can really build this team to be a championship contender because as great of a player as Dame is, that's, you know, there's just so much talent in this league. However, I mean, you know, I, I know, uh, I know even Bill Simmons after game one was like, 
I'm worried about game. I, he might not have his burst like he used to. That's not the case. This looks like Dame that we saw in his prime in the bubble scoring 60-plus points. I mean, if we truly have this type of Damian Lillard back, he could potentially be on an MVP caliber run. I mean, and, and with the with the extension he signed this offseason, I mean, it's it's one of those things where, like, Portland, you understand why they, they signed him, right? And, I mean, you know, I, I think at the very least, I think it gives Portland fans a lot of reasons to be hopeful because Dame's lo- Dame looks like he's not going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah, which is great to see because, you know, a, a very small part of me, uh, most of me was like, we're going to see Dame. It's Damian Lillard. We know what we're going to see. But there's always that like small part of you that's like, what if he's never going to quite be that player again? And it's just great to see that right out of the gate. It took him one game to get back to it. Now he had back-to-back 40 pieces. He won player of the week. It's... It's like he never left, and it's really cool to see. I'm really excited to see what uh, Dame continues to bring to the table for Portland. They're 3-0 and now. I still have a lot of questions about their roster, but all in all, I think they've done a great job of kind of showing me that they can be a bit better than maybe I thought they were going to be. Yeah, for sure. And, and and I think, you know, one, you know, a, a couple other, you know, returns, you know, obviously I, I think, you know, John Wall seeing the effective level, the effectiveness he's been playing with for the Clippers as well i mean i I honestly feel like that year off was such a godsend for him because not only you know to to get back right and to get back in shape you know get it feels like he's recovered some of that burst that he didn't have in his first full season back with houston but also to have that year to like work on his game change his focus and become a role player and you know improve on his jump shot like I, i feel like you know, even though he didn't earn that starting role necessarily with the Clippers, he's still going to have a significant role if they're going to be if they're going to be what they want to be this season. And so, if he keeps playing at the at the level that he is, you know, they certainly have a good shot. But also Kawhi Leonard too. I yeah. mean, in 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 the limited play we've seen the Kawhi, he looks like the claw. He's back. That, he's back. That's Kawhi. I mean, he's just remarkably consistent. The guy's the Terminator, man. I, well, whatever you do to him, he's just going to rise up and he's going to be better somehow. Yeah. And they've got the most ridiculous rotation. It's, it's not even like, like even if Kawhi and Paul George don't play, they still can field a 10 man rotation of guys who most of them could start on other teams in the league. Like mm-hmm. the and Paul George scored have, 40 points the other night. That's the crazy yeah, thing. We didn't even the, bring that up. Yeah. The depth is ridiculous on that team. Kawhi Leonard is coming off the bench and they're still winning games. They lost to Phoenix last night, but I believe that makes them two and one now on the season. They're just, they were my pick prior to the season to win the finals. If Kawhi Leonard continues to, and I like that they're kind of taking their time working him back because if this Clippers team is as good as I think they can be, they don't need to win, you know, enough games to be like a two seed or a one seed. Like they could go into it as like a four or a five seed and probably still win the whole thing because, you know, their home court advantage isn't even that great anyways, you know, playing yeah. in Laker town mainly. Um, although yeah. we'll see if people flip, flip the, um, if people flip over, depending on how the season goes for them. Yeah. But like, they're just completely stacked. If everything continues to look the way it does, if guys continue to stay healthy, which is always the big if for the Clippers, John Wall looks good. Uh, their depth looks great. Paul George dropped 40, like you said. Kawhi Leonard looks like he could be back. This Clippers team is just completely loaded. Yeah. I mean, Cone, to your point, you could make a legitimate case with this team that they could either make it to the finals 
they could also make, get out in the first round. And that's the depth of this conference and the depth of this league, but also just speaks to how much that health and how much really, you know, you know, contains on that team just getting reps together. But, you know, all, all in all, you know, I, I think, you know, there's been so much good basketball already. You know, I, I know the Boston Celtics have looked phenomenal as well. I know the Philadelphia 76ers, you know, as a recording, they just got their first win. And I know that, you know, Joel Embiid, you know, I, I think he has plantar fasciitis, you know, some some stuff with his feet that that caused him to not get in the best condition going into the season. Uh, however, it looks like James Harden is back to playing an elite James Harden form, or at least James Harden basketball. Yeah. Yeah, man. And if that guy can stay healthy and keep playing at that pace, the Philadelphia 76ers are going to be dangerous too. That's for sure. Yeah, it's, they were, they were actually my pick to win the East this year. Um, so their own three start had me, has me sweating a little bit. Um, <laughs> like you said, just got to win. Um, I mean, they had some pretty good showings. They were close against the Bucks and the Celtics all the way through losing to the Spurs is another thing, but you know, Devin Vassell is him. So not much you can do there. Um, but yeah, getting this win over the Pacers in pretty convincing fashion, James Harden, like you said, has looked incredible outside of that one game against the Spurs where he kind of struggled. He's right. averaging, I think, cause tonight he had, I, I just he had, had I think he had 29 tonight. Yeah. He had 29, 11, nine and two steals on 55% shooting. And he took over right at the end to, um, kind of close the game out. The Pacers made a little bit of a comeback. He dropped to Benedict Matherin too, which is unfortunate cause he's been playing so well. Um, and now that's going to be all over Twitter. But yeah, James Harden really is kind of the key to things. If he keeps playing like this, I'm confident Joel Embiid is going to get back to Joel Embiid. It's going to take some time. He usually right. starts the season slow. But James Harden is a guy before the season. Uh, I made a bold predictions video and I said that don't sleep on Harden as a potential MVP candidate. Mm-hmm. I know he's playing alongside Joel Embiid. But he's a guy that, you know, I think if the Sixers are really good, I think Embiid will ultimately win the award out of the two of them. But Harden's playing phenomenally right now. He's had multiple games in a row where he's the reason they've been in it the whole time. And he was the main reason tonight why they got their first win. If Harden keeps playing like this, and he said in the offseason, he said, you know, this is the first time I've been healthy in a little while. He kind of bet on himself by taking less money so the Sixers roster could bring in like P.J. Tucker and Daniel House and improve mm-hmm. a bit. It's looking like it's working out for him that he took that time to get healthy because he's been back to the James Harden of old and seeing like him do that and Damian Lillard and Kawhi Leonard show flashes and John Wall looks good. It's it's really nice. Jamal Murray's had some flashes too when he's played. It's just really great to see all these players bouncing back in a big way. I wish Russ was part of that conversation, but we don't need to go back to the Lakers situation because we've talked about it enough. So yeah, 100%. At a certain point, I feel like the late, I feel like with my whole thing with the Lakers at a certain point, they'll, it'll just be like their record will be so bad. They won't even be worth talking about. So we could talk, we, we could dive in and go with, go with what's going wrong now. So we don't have to focus on them later. But I think one thing with Philly, that I think has been particularly concerning for me in particular has been a Thibel just not being even a factor in the rotation. I believe in three, he's played three of their four games so far. And he's played about four minutes total. I'm not sure if he played at all in their Pacers uh, game tonight. He played two minutes tonight. He played two minutes. So he's up to six minutes this season now. He that's might hit their... 10 by the end of the week. Yeah, dude. That, and that's arguably someone who is considered their best perimeter defender. 
And especially with how many issues they've been having on defensive lately there, you know, it, it's been crazy, you know, for a team that's been predicated, you know, on offense, you know, it, it's early, but their offensive rating so far has been 25th in the league. Their defensive rating has been 20th. So, uh, you know, they definitely are going to have to get better on both ends of the court. You know, I feel like defensively, if, if Matisse Seibel could actually hit a shot, I feel like that would help a lot having him on a court. But, you know, that's uh, that's going to be the Philly situation. It's going to be really interesting to see how they evolve over the season. But, Cone, brother, thank you so much for coming back on, man. Dude, this was so fun. I always love having you on the pod. We're definitely going to have Great to have you back you. on again at some yeah, point. Yeah, of course. Yeah, but, dude, please – uh. You know, for for those that you know that for those that want to come find you, that want to see your beautiful face and all the stuff that you're doing, want to keep up with your content. Where can people find you? Where can people go? Yeah, so I'm on YouTube at three cone, um, all spelled out, um, three underscore cone on Twitter because I can't get it without it. Um, you know, doing stuff at Enjoy B Ball on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. We're doing a lot of cool stuff over there. Um, The whole movement is basically built around getting away from the hot take culture that's kind of enveloped the NBA landscape, getting back to like just enjoying the game of basketball for what it is, you know, regardless of all these hot takes and what national media say, just loving the game, appreciating the players without tearing other ones down. Super cool movement. Really happy to be a part of it. So that's at enjoy B-ball on um, TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. And then I think that's it. And then, yeah, I just do stuff on the Bleach Report app. Sometimes you'll get notifications off the top of your phone from the BR app that say, like, we're talking live about this NBA topic. And sometimes if you click on that, you might see my face. Uh, I did a playoff predictions uh, stream for them um, last week, I believe it was. Time feels weird right now. Uh, But I believe it was last (laughs) week. The NBA season has me all over the place. I've been... Um, so for those of you that don't know, like one of the main things I do on my channel is I'm kind of like nightly recaps of the games. And because I live on the East coast and the West coast games, for some reason, don't end till like midnight or like 1230. And I, I record and I edit and I add clips and I post before I go to bed. I've been going to bed at like 334 AM these past few nights. So (laughs) my brain is a little bit fried at the moment. Um, Totally yeah. understand, man. Okay. I'm right there with you. It's it's that yeah. beginning of the season rush, dude. It's all the oh content gosh, all the man. time. It's unreal. There is so much going on, bro. It, yeah. But it's been really fun. Um, but yeah, so I did playoff prediction stream over there on BR. Uh, as you can tell, basically anytime you make predictions, people aren't going to be happy. And when I can tell you, the stream, they were so friendly. Uh, great time. You know, no one was mad at all at any of my predictions. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, they they were all really loving that I had the Timberwolves as the second seed in the West. They were a big <laughs> fan of that. Um, oh, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah. And now I feel like I need to explain it on here before people get bad. I think they're a good regular season team. I don't think they're better <laughs> than other teams in the West. I just think regular season-wise, they're going to go really hard in that. That's my explanation. I think that's um, a good I think that's a good take. I feel like they could be the Western Conference. I feel like that could be the Western Conference equivalent of the Atlanta Hawks in the 2010s. Where like they're a danger, they're a threat to be like one of the top teams in the Eastern or like in their conference, but in the grand scheme of things, you don't really expect them to do anything in the playoffs. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, that, that, I feel like that's the type of ceiling they have where like they could be really competitive and look really good in the regular season and then go right home in the first round. <laughs> like that's what that's something that very possibly could happen. Yeah, the West is crazy. And then I picked, you know, like I told you all, I picked the Clippers to win the finals, I picked Philly to win the East and Philly started 0 and 3 and people weren't happy about that. Uh it, it's predictions are always fun, but yeah. the streams over there, they've been a really good time. So, if you see it at the top of your app, every now and one time they said NBA expert 
three cone. And so Ooh. I'm going to put that, I, I'm going to put that on my resume now um, that they officially <laughs> called me that. Um, so yeah, sometimes you'll see me on there and it's been really fun doing that. And it's been really fun. I appreciate y'all having me on here. Like you said, Sean, always great to be back. It's really fun to talk to y'all. Good to see you again, Troy. And uh, keep doing what y'all are doing. Y'all are killing it on here. It's been appreciate super it, fun uh, to keep up with y'all. And yeah, I uh, appreciate all of y'all for tuning in. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the From Half Court channel, um, other podcast platforms, whatever y'all do. Make sure to rate five stars, whatever. It's been a while since I've done a podcast. But um, whatever you got to do to support, go ahead and support because um, these guys are awesome. I appreciate you, man. No, I'm going to be rooting for you all season. And I know uh, I absolutely love the movement that you guys have and enjoy basketball. Like you said, it's just about the love of the game. And that's what we're about here to it from half court. So anyway, mm-hmm. we can spread that and have that type of positivity we're all about. And uh, yeah, man, definitely excited to have you on back with your brother at some point and talk more hoops. I for know, sure, yeah. you know, I know as the season goes on, you know, we're, we're going to have, we're going to have to at least have you back on before the trade deadline, man. That's for sure. Yeah, that'll be fun. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Because we, we got to get at least our, our six month cone check in going like, Hey, what's <laughs> going on here, man. But yeah, we, no. we gotta get, we gotta get Ryan on so he can talk about how uh, he feels about Embiid and Victor Wembanyama's oh, fit yeah. together. Yeah. It's going to mm-hmm. be great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 100% man 100% well Cole, like I said you're one of my favorite people on the internet I'm rooting for you hardcore this year you I, I'm expecting big things for you this year I'm expecting big things big, are coming man things. yeah 100% I think big things are coming for us here at this channel as well Absolutely. because this is from half core where we talk all things Pistons all talk all things NBA and we dive into it each and every every week if you like that be sure you like this video subscribe to the podcast generally joined by myself Troy and Jeff. Jeff is out this week celebrating his father's birthday. How dare he? And I was like, dude, choose your dad or Cone in the nerve. He chose his dad. Unbelievable. I can't I, believe this. I know, right, Cone? Like, how many wow. times has his dad been on the pod? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, not even once. Not, even, not once. even once. No loyalty. Un- unre- unreal. Ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, my dad's turning 60. That's a big deal. Gosh, Jeff, whatever. But anyway, in all seriousness, thank you all so much for tuning in. We will catch you guys next time from Math Court. Be sure you subscribe.